Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Well, we are in a series. Thank you, David, for catching that, by the way. We're in a series called Time to Prepare, and it's based on the book of Joshua. And you know this um, adage, Benjamin Franklin said this, be by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And when I was thinking this week about how in my life, how have I seen the importance of preparation? I thought about 31 years ago on May 5th, 1989, when my first daughter was born, Glenn and I had no idea what we we're doing. Uh, she was in the hospital. She was born. And the time came for me to go and, and bring Glenda and our new daughter, Ashley, home. But I didn't have a car seat. And I knew I needed a car seat. So I went to the Canadian Tire. And there was something I learned about myself that day, something that, that, that was instilled in my life that I've never knew to the same degree as I did now as a father. And that is this desire to protect my children that make sure they're safe, that they're okay. And so when I went in to the Canadian Tire, I was going to get the best car seat they had. They had the the cheaper ones and the, you know, the ones that are good value, but I bypassed all of those, went to the very end and bought the biggest, meanest, most expensive car seat because that was the only car seat I was going to bring my daughter home in. I don't know how I paid for it because I remember I didn't have money for the hospital parking. So I'm not sure how I did that. I, I, I'm sure I didn't steal it. <laughs> but I came out. So I had the biggest, meanest car seat you could buy and brought it out to the parking lot where my little Corolla was. And I tried to get it into my car and the biggest, meanest car seat would not fit into my little Toyota Corolla. There was no way it was going to get in. So I took it back to Canadian Tire and returned it and bought the second biggest, meanest, most expensive car seat. And that one finally fit in. Uh, you know, being prepared enables us to serve, to love, to protect. And um, we're going to see today how Joshua... Um, called people to pre- prepare so that they would know God is at work in their life. So the verse we're looking at is this one. It says, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days, you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And we're going to talk about three different parts in the scripture and how it relates to you and I today. Because that's why I believe God gives us these stories saying you can learn something about this for your own life. And each one of these points in this scripture begins with a letter P. And I love how God does that. It just makes it that much easier for us pastors, our preachers. So we're going to look at this. Pass through the camp, prepare provisions, and possess the land. And in many ways, this is going to be a leadership lesson. It's going to be a message directed mostly to those who have this strong yearning to do something significant for God in their life. And I'm speaking to people who desire to know that what, what is it I can do today, God, so I can be used by you for the rest of my days. And you know that you know who you are when I say that because you have this insatiable appetite to fulfill God's purposes. You, you can't settle for just drifting and compromising. Others will, and they do, but not you. 
You know your life has to count for something and, and, and God's economy of how things are done. So you hear words like this from Jesus. When Jesus said, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? You get it. You know life is not just about the here and now and on this earth, but there's an eternity that we must prepare for and you want to be prepared for it and you want to help others prepare for it. You hear the word of Jesus who teaches us this, do not store up treasures here on earth where moths and, uh, eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot decay and thieves do not break in and steal. And you hear these words and you get it. You, you know that the world we live in puts so much of their time and resources into the life here on earth, which is fleeting and temporary at the expense of ignoring there's an eternity. There, there's a forever waiting for them. And you hear Jesus tell them, my life first. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life in John 10, 10. And you want to experience that. You want to know that you believe is able to give that and you want you and others to know that rich and satisfying life. And you, you would say, God is not just a part of my life. He's at the center of my life. And you know, nothing matters more than what God is doing in your midst. And you need to know what your part is in the way God is working. If this is you, if God is indeed at the center of your life and you want to be at the center of what God is doing in our world, then this message should have some impact and some influence, at least make you think a little bit today. So we read the, the very first point is pass. And we read this, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days, you'll cross over this Jordan to go into the possess the land which the Lord your God is giving to you to possess. And the reason the officers passed through the camp was to deliver a message that God had give for, has given the people. Uh, it's a very practical call. It was for everyone. All the people were involved in this call to be prepared. And it's key for us to understand that, that Joshua probably didn't, was not the, the source of this command. Neither was the officers the source of this command. It was God himself who passed in succession, God to Joshua, Joshua to the officers, and officers to the people. And I can tell you right now, Joshua probably did not know all the details of how this order, this command was going to carry out, how hundreds of thousands of people were going about to cross the rushing waters of the Jordan River, which was the case in the springtime. And I'm sure the officers had no idea. And I'm pretty sure the people had no idea how is God going to pull this off? I don't see it. I don't understand it. However, if God says it's the time to move forward and cross the Jordan, I'm going to obey. I'm going to follow. Because these people remember, they remember their parents and their grandparents who had the same opportunity, who came up to the edge of the same promised land and were ready to go in. But because they faced obstacles and they doubted and did not trust God, God sent them back into the wilderness for another 40 years where those grandparents and those parents died. So for 40 years later, the people remembered the disobedience of their parents and they're not about to make the same mistake. So when the command came, even though they didn't know how this is going to happen, they were ready to obey the Lord. It isn't that the way it often is for us. 
When we hear the word of God, when we hear a command or a commission, we don't know all the details. We can't sometimes even understand how God's going to do this. But we hear his word and we follow. I would love to give you a current illustration from my life and really from all of our lives how, how this works. Uh, you, many of you know for six years I've been mentored by Pastor Ray of the Church Renewal. And it's a lot of work. I, I tell you, it's a lot of work. Uh, it takes a lot of time. No one is forcing me to do it. I could choose to back out at any time, except I know God is in this. And I know and seen firsthand how it's changed people's lives. It's helped my life. And I'm all about changed lives. So I'm in. I believe this is from God. And Pastor Ray will be the first one to tell you church renewal is not his idea. It's God's idea. Pastor Ray is like Joshua. God told Joshua. And then the officers are like us pastors. Ray told the pastors. And the pastors now go into the churches and say, and there's a call going out to the people um, about what we can do to embrace God and, and church renewal. One day during our mentoring sessions, I've mentioned before that Pastor Ray began telling us pastors, those who have been with him for many years, who he knew and trusted, how a day was coming very soon. God had told him a day was coming very soon when we would not be able to meet in our buildings. He didn't know all the details, but he said, I just know from somehow the government's going to direct us that, in a way that will not enable us to meet in our buildings. And we thought, well, is this persecution? What, what, why, how could this ever happen? We had no idea. And I know when he went through the church renewal camp telling us that, that we couldn't meet in our buildings, the day is coming very soon. I was not liking the message. I didn't want it to be true. And I couldn't understand how in this day that could ever happen where we were not allowed to meet in our church buildings. But I heard the message. And though I didn't understand the details, I believed and I followed I mentioned what uh, Pastor Ray had said at our staff meetings. I think I probably mentioned at our elders meeting. I know the last time I shared this message was in January with our uh, nominating committee who met in, in my house. And I shared how Pastor Ray said there's a day coming when we'll not be able to meet in our buildings. A day's coming soon. And I'm sure that those who listened uh, had the same apprehension and doubt that, that I felt when I first heard the message. And yet, do you know what? And only a matter of weeks later, that became a reality. One week we're in our building, the next week we're not able to, and we're still not able to. So when God gives commands, when he gives his word to his servant and is passed on and it goes out, we must, even though we don't understand how or why, we must hear and be prepared, which is the second point, prepare. Talked about past, prepare. It says prepare provisions for yourself because it's not just enough to hear the message. You must prepare to act on it. So provision means this. It means the action of providing or supplying something for use. So when God told us a day was coming where we could not meet in our church buildings, Pastor Ray says we got to prepare our people by supplying them with some provisions. And the greatest physical resource we have in our church today is the Bible. 
It's God's word to us. It's God's word for us. So Pastor Ray put together a resource. Some of you know it now called The Way, which summarizes some of the church renewal material and the daily readings and practices. And it's very, very important. Some people miss this to understand The Way is not a resource to replace our Bible time. Neither is it meant to replace our devotional reading time. We got to understand that. We miss that. On the contrary, it's to help us in our Bible study. It is to help and enrich our Bible, our time with God. The way is developed, was put into place so we get the most out of the word of God and most of our time with him. It helps us to spend time with God. And if you're interested in Bible study and knowing the word of God, you would be interested in the way. There's things in there to help you, like tools to help you get, mine out the gold. There's tools in there to help you understand how you can hear from God in his direction for your life. It's a way you can build a stronger relationship with him and in his word, which is the best, most important resource, physical resource we have in the church today. And I can tell you, personally speaking, I would share that, sure, I have a five-year theology degree. I've been pastoring more than 30 years. And I've learned ways from, I've learned how in the last six years, my Bible reading, my personal time has been launched in a new area. I could have said, no, I, I'm just going to do what I kept, what I was doing. And, and I would have missed out on receiving so much if I didn't hear the call and accept the provision that God was calling me to. And that's why the call went out through the camp called the gate. <laughs> The Gate Church, prepare yourself with this provision called the way to learn how you can draw closer to God and receive more from his word. And it's work. I'm going to tell you that. It's work. It takes time. But wow, what you reap is so amazing. And I was thinking, you know, if, if ever in our lives when God gives us provision, when it's offered to us and, and to prepare you, to move you forward, there's probably two questions we need to ask ourselves, at least I've asked myself when I wasn't ready to take hold of them. And I want you to stop this morning, and I really want you to put on your seatbelts. So we go through a few curves and up and down some hills here. Um, ask you two questions that may apply to you and your situation. And to ask these questions of yourself requires a very important requisite. One, you have to be honest with yourself. You, you don't lie to yourself when these questions are asked. You, you need to have this honest relationship. You need to not ignore the truth when you hear it. And don't get angry as you examine yourselves. You are willing to allow God to speak to you and examine you. And you'll, he will do it in the most loving and caring way. Because you need to know God loves you just the way you are but he loves you too much to let you stay there. So in my life group, someone um, was mentioning, reminding us of this incredible verse from 2 Corinthians where it says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. That's what we're going to do. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. So I want you to consider two questions today where you can examine yourself with God. And it's between you and him. I'm not, we're not going to come and, and judge. And, and you know, this is between you and God. So if you struggled with using a provision God has given you, whether it's his word, whether it's the way or life groups, there's two questions I want you to consider. 
And I want you to ask God to reveal the answers to them. So is the reason I'm not willing to prepare when I hear the command to move forward with the provisions you give me, God, is it because first of all, am I stuck in my way or could I be too stubborn to move? Got that slide up. Am I stuck in my way or really am I too stubborn to move? And I can tell you, I can speak out of personal experience because I think I need to be transparent because I said I've asked these questions of myself. So I grew up in a church denomination. My grandparents were missionaries in that church. Um, I grew up in that church. Glenda grew up in that church. I went to school in that church. I pastored in that denomination for 20 years. I had no plans on leaving that church. It was my life. And one day, uh, uh, another church that Glenn and I would attend on Saturday evening service just for our own date night and uh, just to hear and receive from God. Um, the pastor of this church, which was a large church, invited Glenn and I to their staff retreat. And at their staff, their staff retreat, there was more paid staff they had than I had members in my very first church. It was, it, was, it was a large church. And that, I remember being upstairs and talking to the lead pastor, and he said, we would, I, know, I would love to have use you somehow in this church. And he would talk to me after that about coming and joining them. And I said, no, I am a member of this church. And, and things were happening in that church. And I remember thinking I could not leave and move out of this place. I was too stubborn. I wouldn't even consider it. And then one day, God spoke to me and gave me a sign and really a vision that said I needed to do that. And after a lot of searching, I mean a lot of searching, a lot of agonizing, a lot of trying to do things on my own terms, and I tried. Did you ever do that? I surrendered and said, yes, God, I will go to pastor in this church. And I was just saying this to Glenda this week. If I would have said no, even though that's not really what I wanted, but I knew God was calling me. If I would have said no, I would have missed so much learning that it startles me today. Because going to that church, that larger church, and being on staff in that church was like, to me, it was like a high school quarterback going to play, be the quarterback for the Patriots. It's like, I learned so much more. I was in the big leagues and I was helped and prayer suddenly went up and, and, and so many things in my life went crazy good. I remember the um, first time I went out to church renewal. Back in 2014, I heard about prayer and I heard about this church who people came early to their prayer meetings and I wanted to check it out for myself. And I went out to a church in a weekend. And at the end of this weekend, Pastor Ray said, if you would like to be mentored, um, we would love to have you sign up. And I said, no, I wasn't going to do that. And I didn't find the sheet to sign up. So I said, well, I'll just let it go. And then later, God spoke to me and said, no, you need to fill this in. But it's going to be more work. It's going to be more time. It's just, no, you need to do this. And I knew God was saying, Mark, this is going to prepare you, just like that church did that you, I called you to. This is going to prepare you for the next step. And that's what it is. God calls you to prepare you for what's going to come. So I signed up. And Church of New Hall, again, has done more for me uh, personally and, and in my churches than um, any other endeavor because it involves hearing from God, praying to God, confessing sin, being transparent. I've seen people being set free and it's so good. 
So is it because when God says, would you take this provision, what I'm offering you? Is it because I'm stuck in doing the things I've always, doing the way I've always done it? Uh, or am I too stubborn? Uh, the, secondly, if the reason I'm not willing to prepare to move forward with the provisions God gives me, is it because I think I'm too busy when in reality there's another reason why? Because that's always my first response. I don't know about you, I'm too busy. I got too much on my plate. I, I, you know, I, I've confessed before that I struggled with morning devotions for many years because I thought I got too much to do that day and I got to get going and I can't settle here and spend time with God because I got this, 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 this and do. I'm like a Martha when God said, no, I need you to be like a Mary and be with me. And I'm t- asking this question now that I've asked of myself because for many of us, we have more time right now to engage God than we've had for a very long time. You see, we used to tell ourselves, I'm too busy. I did that. But now we can't use that excuse anymore. We might have to think, was there another reason why I'm not engaging in the provision that God has given me to? And I liked what uh, Manuela said earlier. In fact, she said it better than I could. And I actually wrote it down. And I'd love to quote it to you. Professor Manuela um, said, if you heard her earlier, she said, we have this unique opportunity right now. We have this gift of time. I know busyness can rob us of time spent with God, uh, with God, of praying, of seeking him through his word. To find that peace, that inner healing, we need to quiet ourselves and spend time with him. And then she went on to say, God's word does not change. It may reveal new things to us. I love that. It may reveal new things to us, but it never changes. It is a sure foundation. It has passed the test of time. It is, and is always relevant for all of life's circumstances. And I thought that was a great encouraging word for us today. Um, when we think that maybe I can't maybe use excuse I'm too busy now, God, would you search me and, and reveal to me, is there another reason why? And it may be because you don't feel worthy of God's provision in your life. I know people struggle with that. Or maybe it's just because I really don't believe it's going to help me. People struggle with that. It's not going to make a difference in my life. Or maybe you're going to ask, am I too critical and not willing to try? Am, am I angry with God for some reason? Or maybe I'm telling myself, someday I will take God's provisions for my life, but not right now. Someday it's, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Last week I mentioned how God's promises are prods to drive us forward, to move us forward, not for a bed for us to lie on and wait. And I love what David Jackman said. He says, our temptation is to wait and then ask for further light without acting on the light he has already given us. All I need to do for my heart to harden after God has spoken his word is nothing. Do you hear that? All I have to do for my heart to harden after God spoke his word, the command has come, I hear him, is nothing. I really believe God gives us his word. He gives us tools like the way to prod us forward And that comes to the last point. Uh, Another provision God gives us to move forward is great leaders have great coaches. I'm still talking about uh, being uh, prepared. 
Great leaders have great coaches. Do you know that people learn faster with a tutor, that people grow faster with a trainer, that leaders grow quicker and better prepared to serve God when they have a coach or a mentor who works with them, becoming all they can be for God. We know it for, for those of us who like sports, even the most highest paid athletes will have a coach. Tom Brady has Bill Belichick, uh, or did, and <laughs> he did. Um, Wayne Gretzky had his dad. Vocalists have vocal coaches. Actors have coaches. And it's even true of great Bible leaders, leaders in the Bible. We're talking about Joshua today. Well, who was his coach? Moses. Solomon had David. David, I mean, Solomon had David. David had uh, uh, Samuel. The disciples had Jesus. Timothy had Paul. And Paul one day said to Timothy this, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other, other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Now you, you've heard me teach them. They've been confirmed. I want you to teach these truths to others, other trustworthy people, he says, who will then pass them on to others. And you notice there's four generations that Paul is speaking of coaches here. Paul coached Timothy. Timothy was to coach trustworthy people and trustworthy people were to coach others. So it was Paul, Timothy, trustworthy people and those trustworthy people were to pass it on to others. And I'm not just preaching this. I've practiced this. Over many years, I've had a main, two main um, coaches in my life, Dr. Kim Ryan and now Pastor Ray Dirksen. Both men have always been about 10 years older than I am. Both have pastored churches in the thousands. And, and if anyone has ever been helped in some way uh, in my ministry, then they know that they're benefiting from these two coaches I've had in my life for almost 20 years. And what thrills me now is I have the opportunity to coach other pastors. I get to give as I've received. So let me ask you, who are you going to pass on to what you have learned? I, I was so, so glad that there are two men in my life group who are taking the way right now and discipling their young adult children. That, that's what Paul's talking about. Glenda has been coaching the way by pastors Ray's wife, since I think last September, and Glenda's now coaching our three daughters in the way. And I want to brag on my wife just for a little bit, if she will allow me, that Pastor Ray's wife, who is her coach, asked her to step in and mentor uh, the, the pastor's wives yesterday in, in a session in her absence. So Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 gives us five different coaches we find in the church. We read this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue. This is to be passed on until there's such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So these five offices of the church have a responsibility. They are to equip. That is, they're to coach and mentor others to do God's work. And they're to continue to do this until we grow to be unified and matured in Christ. Great leaders for God will have great coaches in their life. 
and they themselves will become great coaches in the lives of others. Everyone needs a Paul and a Timothy. You need to be learning from someone and you need to be teaching someone. That's what discipling is. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, now take these truths. You have heard me teach and teach other trustworthy people who will then pass it on to other people. Another fellow in one of my life groups was sharing how God once spoke to them regarding the importance of Proverbs 17, 7, which says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I was thinking about that verse after he shared that, and I thought, wouldn't it be a great idea if you're in a life group to find someone in your life group, someone else in your life group, and say to them, would you sharpen me? Would you be ironed? Would you, would you partner with me? Can we learn from each other as we do these lessons? Will you help hold me accountable that they're getting done? Can we encourage one another? Can we spur one another on and hold each other to the truths and to the work? I thought that would be a great idea, a great place to start a mentoring, coaching, partnering relationship. And it is work. I'm telling you that maybe that's one of the reasons why we, we say no. It requires time. But the payoff leads to the last point, possess. Go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. This is why we do it. This is why we, we pass through the camp, why we hear the command, why we prepare with the provisions God gives us. This is why we do all this, so we can get up and move and possess what God is wanting to give us. Sometimes we speak um, about crossing the Jordan as entering the promised land. It's an analogy for crossing the Jordan River, uh, crossing over death into heaven. But um, Joshua and the people will be facing an enemy when they cross the Jordan. They will have to fight to gain ground. They will be tested. They will suffer. Some will die. In heaven, there is no enemy. There is no suffering. There is no death. So probably a better analogy would be um, John 15, 5 that we know. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. John, Jesus promises us a fruitful life. We will gain things. We will possess things that God has already wants us to have and give us. We will be effective. We will face battles. We will have an enemy. We will be tested. There will be suffering. But if we remain in Jesus, he will remain in us and we're going to win those battles, just like Joshua and the people did. And I want you to know that promised land. I want you to know what God has given you and promised you, but you got to hear the command. You have to humble yourself before him and say, yes, Lord. You have to prepare yourself with the, with the provisions he's given you, and you have to possess what he's calling you to. Pass, prepare, and possess. That's how that story can relate to us today. Uh, let me just pray for a moment and then we'll close in a, in a final song. So God, as we said, your word uh, is the greatest physical resource we have here on earth. It is your word to us. You reveal your thoughts to us. You give us direction. And Lord, I thank you for the word and I thank you for tools like the way and, and I thank you, God, for people in our lives who help us and encourage us and teach us and show us and hold us accountable to growing in your word. I pray, Lord, that as we pass through the church and that, God, we would take up the command, that we would take up your provisions and we would possess what you have given us, God.
Lord, I pray this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.